Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Join us as we go behind the limelight. It's podcast time. It's Raiders podcast time. Welcome to Behind the Limelight. I'm Raider Nick. Of course, once again, joined by the Raiders media manager, Mr. Benny Pollock. Benny. Good afternoon, Nick. And uh, we've got a special guest today, Tom Logan. He's found himself on a junket to Brisbane. He's oh, done been a two, junket of the Well, he's done two podcasts, and now he's going to Brisbane on games. He's, he just, he's, he's <laughs> got his own room, he's hotel room there in Brisbane actually, as well. Yeah. So we've called in uh, our CRL. Digital um, and uh, media coordinator John Croyder is joining us today. G'day, Johnny. Hey, mate. Nice, nice to see you all here, and hopefully I can uh, get a bit of a boost like Tom did and maybe even get my own um, hotel room. Well, this guy's a man of many talents. If he's not doing the local football or digital, he's, he's covering media day. Miscellaneous man here at the club. Yeah, a bit like that. It's a bit going out to all, all the local footy. It's good to see a lot of... You see a few, a few um, old Raiders boys out there as well, which is great to see. Just quickly, anyone coming through the ranks there that we should keep an eye on coming through the Canberra Raiders Cup? Yeah, there's a few young fellas coming through. Um, Lockie Ingram at the uh, Queenland Kangaroos has been really good for them. And a bit of an older sort of head. Um, he's only about 23, though. Ryan McQueen at um, West Bacon Warriors, a very good player as well. That's the longest intro in our podcast history. We'll, uh, of course, we'll touch on that mighty win from the Raiders a fortnight ago now. We can't forget that one. It was a massive win, an away win as well. We'll talk a bit of rep round. Of course, uh, we saw some of our current Raiders players sprinkled over that wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll preview the big clash against the Broncos, that must-win game. We're going to have Jason Matthey, the head of marketing here at the Raiders. He's going to, we're going to crack him open for some uh, good stuff, especially about the membership drive and our forever green. We'll talk about our stalwarts for the Raiders, Mr. Brett Hetherington, the blonde spark that uh, played in the 90s for the Raiders. We'll crack him open. Come join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Raiders 48, Tigers 12 after being down 12, 10 and a half time. What an effort that was. Everyone's talking about Hodjo. He just came back into that football team and just turned the switch on. Look, you know, he was um, he came into a game that was that was perfect for him to make his return. Um, he could have waited until the Brisbane game, but he just wanted to get that uh, game under his belt, get himself a bit of confidence in the injury. He knew he was ready, but he just wanted to get himself an opportunity to play. And then knowing that he had the bye the following week, going into Brisbane, it's given him a chance to build some confidence. And, and like you said, he, he definitely made an impact when he came out. He's not going to be the saviour in this team. Um, he's just got to come back, and, and the players around him have got to continue to do a good job. Johnny, uh, we don't like talking about 2016. We actually nip that in the butt. But the way the boys... He keeps bringing it back. The way the boys <laughs> played, everyone just played with more purpose. I don't want to go too back to 2016. It's um, can be a bit early for that, but it was a really good performance, and uh, the forwards just got a really good roll on through the middle, and it was just... Like almost like a try or a disallowed try every couple of minutes. The thing that I loved, Nick, and I'm sure you did too as a Raiders fan, was being able to enjoy the last 15 minutes of a Raiders game uh, and hope for a few more tries rather than sitting on the edge of your seat. It was a bit foreign. Yes, they were scoring and we had two tries. disallowed. One that was it's not good. definitely a try, the <laughs> Shannon was... Boyd. That was an absolute <laughs> Go to APSM, turn it up. <laughs> I mean, that's just shades of them activating their potential. Right. A, a team where they're just so unpredictable on both sides, you can't defend against that every single to play looked like there was an offload that's right and towards right to the end of the game too defense was paramount and they didn't concede a point in the second half which i think is probably one of the best um, encouraging signs that you'll see out of that game one of the exciting things for me to see was that it wasn't just like a really easy win like it was a really tough first half we were a man down as well and didn't concede a try in that period and we got through that period and then we're able to turn it up another notch. So it wasn't just an easy win. We, we really earned it. It just seems, though, from outside looking in, the shackles are off in some capacity. But 
obviously we'll talk well cliche. the pressure's still there because they, they still need to win games to, to stay in touch with the eight and it doesn't get more in, uh, more intense than a trip to Suncorp this week and of course we saw you speak about Hodge, Hodjo and, and Smelly being you know major sources of our attack one guy that knows them all too well is the English coach and Broncos coach in Wayne Bennett I wonder if uh, Big Wayne gave him a call for, for America a week out yeah I don't know I'm not sure what the uh, what the situation was there but I mean Elliot went over to Denver and, and turned in a man in the match performance scored two had a great almost game. scored three um, showed a bit of pace as he picked up a loose ball and ran away so um, he just improves for us every week and he does what he does for us each week is what he did for England in that game he's really starting to find his feet in the NRL he's not just a guy that's a good footballer he's going to turn into an NRL superstar yeah I think the guy on the other edge is in the same boat Joe Tarpany Um, he played in a very inexperienced New Zealand team um, and was still very effective and his aggression and what he brings to the team is massive They'll be in uh, big league pinups not too far away, Elliot Whitehead and uh, Joe Tarpany. Mate, speaking of that game, the rep weekend, what do we think of it? Uh, I reckon it was great. I loved it. I mean, from the women's origin right through to the Denver test on the Sunday morning and the origin uh, on the, the Sunday night. The, the Pacific tests were great. Um, Fiji, PNG getting opportunity to play. And then the Samoan Tongan games become a real rivalry game. The intensity in the crowd, the, the sippy towel at the front start of the oh, game, the boys it? in each other's faces. And then the quality of footy that they deliver, is it's, a, it's amazing. The, the only downside to it, um, comes for the injury to Ada Hingano, um, who was playing wonderfully for Tonga on the night. Um, ironically, he was actually smashed by Joey Leilua <laughs> in that tackle. So uh, that shows that mate versus mate lives on in you know, the Pacific Forum as well. Let me ask you, though, has that new rule about um, compensation for salary cap? We're just discussing that at the moment. Um, well, it, it is in place, but um, in terms of Ata. Um, there's a few things around it in terms of you have to bring in players in that are uh, outside of your squad. So you've got literally three days to bring somebody in because the, the June 30 deadline's still in place. So um, whether or not we can do that, I'm not sure at this late stage. So it might be a case of just um, him not being in for the rest of the season. You can't promote anybody from in within your own squad. It has to be somebody from externally. So I'm not sure if we're going to really benefit from that or not. So Donnie's onto it. Johnny... BJ, I reckon Ricky got him in a corner after that game and said, that's what I need from you every week. He was just a pest. He needs to have his energy felt. We should give him the scene. What do you reckon, oh, John? I don't need I don't, him doing don't media think... every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he needs to see, but he, he's certainly a great player and he stands up in those tough moments. He does a lot of those dirty carries as well. He's a big unit and uh, he gets through a mountain of work. I'm going to bring it up again, but in, in 2016, he was almost unstoppable on the he right. He was the best centre in the comp. He was, and, and he, that's the potential and the, and the game he plays. And I think this year, he's been in just as good a form. It's just that we haven't been winning those uh, those games we were winning. In, in 2016 but once we get into situations like we did against the Tigers um, he can just absolutely devastate you if he gets an opportunity when the scores are um, you know well and truly in your favour so uh, it's about him just continuing to do what he does best and, and keep putting his foot forward each week yeah, he's a great talent we'll move on to Origin uh, quickly Wednesday night how good was that uh, the Blues get a win everyone in this room is a Blues fan they are yes. absolutely yeah, excellent so it smiles all around as we uh, cheer for the Blues you're always hoping that Big Papa has a good game and he did. 
He did. Um, Kevy Walters uh, spoke to, ironically, Laurie Daly on the Big Sports Breakfast the day after the game, and uh, obviously those two went head-to-head as coaches last year, and they were talking about the uh, the Origin team, the Maroons, going forward and, and where they see where Kevy sees that team. And he mentioned Josh Papali, and he said he is the cornerstone of our forward pack moving forward. He's our, one of our leaders in our pack and somebody that's going to be there uh, in the long term. So, I mean, that's a good rap on a guy that's played plenty of origin. He's still relatively young. Um, he's probably going to see another nine, ten origin games before his career finishes. So um, that just sort of shows what sort of a player Josh Papali is. The Maroons still they play for that jersey really, really well. And even though they were they were dominated in, in probably both of those games in some parts of the game, they still came back strong. And Kalen Ponga, I know he's a Newcastle not, he's not a Raider, but jeez. David Polkinghorn gave him a <sighs> six out of ten in the Canberra Times. Well, I couldn't believe that. He's drinking the wrong Come coffee on, over Dave. there. I what game are you watching? <laughs> Turn it up, mate. Come on, mate. Have a rest. But I mean, he's he was amazing. He the was way... incredible. Oh. Um, I mean, to, legacy for, origin. To, to, for got the place started. fullback. To come in and make 30 tackles. Playing in the middle. And then and dominate with the footy in hand as well. And the, the scary thing is, like, they also had Slater who was playing fantastically well too. So they have a lot a lot of depth in that side. To lose the, the playmakers that they have and still have guys like that. And then in, in the wings, they've got like halves like um, Milford and that didn't play. Ash Taylor. Ash Taylor as well. They've got probably seven out of the top ten halfbacks in, uh, or halves in, the, in there in as the well, um, who's been around camps before. Johnny, any, anything else on the origin, mate? No, I was just so happy to see the Blues win. It's been a long time. I haven't seen too many um, Blues origins win, origin wins over the last fair while, so it was, it was just great to, to see a win, and hopefully this can be even a, a start of a new era because these players have come into this game with no mental scars as well. It was a fresh side. I wasn't sure if it was the right call to having a completely new squad when Queensland were going through that transition, but they've got it absolutely right. Nicky Cottridge just so close of getting in there too. He is, he'll play Origin, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he's, um, massive career he's 20 years old. Um, he's he's going to figure in that in that side at some point. Anyway, we could talk Origin all day. Let's uh, get on to the Raiders. Yeah, big game against the, the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. You could say it's must win. We've got to win 7 out of our last 10 in calculations, but I think it all starts this week. Oh, it is a must-win game because we're four points adrift of the Broncos and the Sharks. We've got both of those teams uh, in the next few weeks. So uh, the Broncos, you don't want to lose touch with the top eight at this stage of the season. Um, we need to win um, and gain an extra two points on their on their ladder position. Um, we've got a really strong team. Junior Paulo's back in. Uh, he comes in for Luke Bateman, who is out for uh, three to four weeks with a with a knee injury. Um, he actually carried that injury um, from from the Dragons game. Uh, he's he's had a bit of a, a meniscus uh, tear there, and he's had that repaired. And he'll be back in a couple of weeks, uh, a few weeks time. But um, to have Junior back obviously gives us some some good punch down the middle. Um, Josh Hodgson with that game under his belt. Uh, and, forward, that's right. And uh, Michael Oldfield, as I said, did a great job for us on the wing last weekend. So um, with the exception of, of Jordan Rapana and Bateman, um, it's probably the, the strongest team we can put on the park. And I, I'm, I'm itching to see this game on Saturday night. Really impressed with Liam Knight's performance against the Tigers. He's been picked for this week as well. He's one of those guys, I think, Liam, that's going to get better with more games he has. Um, Did some great things. I, I, yeah, I think that he's um, he's obviously a young player. He's been um, given a couple of opportunities this year and he really stepped up against the, the Tigers. And that try that he scored, he showed a bit of footwork, which is good to see in a big man. You don't normally see that. They normally just try and run over the top of the fullback, but he actually had a little step in there and, and scored his first meat pie in, in the NRL. So it was good to see. Yeah, the spin as well too. He- 
grabbed the ball, did a bit of a spin, and then went on for a bit of a dance. Yeah, through, did the big. He did the cutout pass to set up uh, one of the late, later tries as well. So. Um, yeah, no, Knighty's obviously a really strong talent. He's got a good, as you mentioned, he's got good footwork, he's got good size he's in there. He's a big boy. And he's a popular boy off the field as well. You can tell he's uh, pretty heavy on the social media there. And Johnny, the Broncos mate up there, Suncorp Stadium doesn't seem to be much of an advantage for the Bronx because teams love going out there to play. They love playing at that close proximity stadium. But the Broncos... Box of chocolates this year. We never know what you're going to get. Yeah, they, we had them after Origin last last year as well, and they really turned up that day. They put in a great performance, and we're going to have to really uh, lift because the Broncos are a great side. They've got great players throughout throughout it, um, and they'll be hurting after the, uh, all those Queensland blokes will really be hurting after um, that Origin loss too. I think, um, like you said, with the Broncos, they've got so much potential, um, and they've got players in that side that. Uh, that know how to win games. Yeah. Sammy Thiday's and Darius, and Boyd. Darius Boyd's, those guys that have got experience. Uh, Corey Oates has come back into their side recently. He's been fantastic. Uh, the former Raiders junior, Tavita Pangai Jr., has been um, really strong for them Let's up front the as milf. well. He's and the MILF. That's right, yeah. Play. And he loves playing against us. Absolutely. Um, as most players do against their old clubs. So, um, you know, there's matchups across the park. You could, you know, ride a 4,000 word preview on it but it's going to be a classic game plenty of great subplots to this match and of course we could really turn the season around and, and a lot of the media now talking about how Canberra can really put on a run how the 8 finishes in July is in the 8 come September there's always a team that moves up in there and hopefully it's the Raiders well, the potential's there the, the ladder's a little bit unique this season in the fact that um, there's almost a, a decent gap between nine tenths on the ladder and the rest of the field so if someone's going to make a run it has to be us i don't think there's going to be many people below us on the ladder now that can they can sorry Chargers fans um yeah i just don't think um you know logistically they can't do it in terms of the amount of games they've got to win versus where they are on the ladder um and we've got i looked at the draw this morning i think with the exception of three teams i think everybody else is above us on the ladder going into the back end of the season so we've really got to win there's no doubt about it. We have to win this and weekend. I think we've got pretty much all our last, say, 10 games. We play the top eight in there as well. That's what I'm saying. We play seven of, the, yeah. of, the, of our last 10 games of teams above us on the ladder. So talk about a rugby league obstacle course, but if we do get through that, we're going to be, oh, we're going to be fearing the Raiders coming, coming September. Oh, if we make the eight, I, I've no doubt we can, be, we can go on a run. We've got to get there, mate. We've got to get there, though. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, it's hard not to. Johnny, thanks for coming. He made pretty good effort there from Johnny. Yeah, good day, boo. Very strong. Thanks. Very solid, mate. Thanks, guys. So the boys, they're off in uh, the Gold Coast preparing for the big clash against the Broncos. So no players on the podcast today. Yeah. But we've got the next best thing. We've got the marketing team joining us, Benny, with uh, the great Jace Matthew. And we've got a young uh, Sophie Bryan. Hey, guys. the podcast. We're almost at 20,000 members, Nick. It's exciting. Less than, less than 20 odd to go. So. We'll go straight to Jace with that one. How good is that, Jace? Uh, nearly 20,000 members. How does that make you feel as the head of marketing? To be honest, Nick, it's uh, made me feel proud. Not just in the last 12 months, but probably in the last three years have um, made a massive effort to try and better engage um, our fans and supporters and, you know, people coming to games and stuff. And, and we've seen some massive growth in the last two years. So to be on the cusp of 20,000 is really exciting. And to be honest, it's, uh, it's I think, attributed to the hard work from the team that is in the membership and ticketing department. Jason, it's a it's a, such a professional part of the club now, the membership. Um, I remember back in the day we were screen printing our own jumpers with the the slogan Raiders 5000 trying to achieve 5000 members and you look not that 
um, far down the track and you, you're almost at 20,000. Um, what's been the big change, do you think, in, in going from that number to where we are now? You're spot on, Ben. I think, I think it's been a code change. Um, our code recognised probably close to 10 years ago now that we were a long way behind other professional sports, particularly the AFL, in terms of membership promotion and um, promoting of membership culture through clubs. And uh, and I know this club in particular in, in more recent years and stuff has really embraced that. And, and our attitude here at the club is pretty simple, and that is that if you're a member in the club, you're a stakeholder in the club. So we want you to feel more valued than, um, you know, somebody that says they're a supporter or, or a fan um, and even somebody that's just casually turning up to the odd game. So um, the code has been wonderful in terms of helping us do it through the advent of a number of um, different programs. A couple of years ago, we um, got on board what they had was called a fan relationship management centre, which gave us more resource, basically, in membership and ticketing. And... Um, that really was the catalyst for us to realise we needed more people having meaningful conversations with, with supporters and fans and actually turning into into members. And the proof is in the pudding that we're on the cusp of 20,000. You mentioned other sports as well. AFL, especially growing up through the 90s, was all about the members. Members, members, members. Rugby league wasn't so much like that. When did you see the change and the shift in there on an NRL perspective and obviously feeding down to the Raiders? Because 20,000 members from for a club that didn't play finals the year before... That's, that's a huge effort. That shows that Rugby League and the Raiders in Canberra, it's, it's high on the list. Yeah, I think, uh, as I just alluded to, I think it's been probably seven to ten years that the game has embraced that and they've done it with the, the support and the push from the NRL. Um, everything we do now, and, and you guys would have spoken about this, I think, in a recent podcast, but you know, there was a member that won $50,000 at the game through a, a random ball draw um, promotion that we do with our membership partner, Icebrokers Canberra. Um, and just you know, one simple component of that draw is that because he was a member he won $50,000. If he wasn't a member, um, that's fine. He would have been a fan attending the game and he would have still had the same opportunity, but he would have only received 50% of the prize because our whole attitude is we want to look after members and we look after the, the general punter and supporter. Um, so, you know, the proof is in the pudding there in terms of we are really committed to looking after those that look after, um, look after the club and invest in the club, and that extends from a membership point of view and also through our, um, our corporate operations. Now, all of that um, membership servicing and, I suppose, rollout comes with the ability to um, service your members, and that comes with uh, resourcing, as you mentioned. So you've got um, a pretty well-structured team here uh, under membership, led by Ange Denton, who's the membership and ticketing manager. But we've um, been joined by Sophie Bryan today, who's part of our membership team, and, and one of her big roles is that engagement aspect with membership, um, things like organising member events and, and making sure that our members feel pretty special by offering initiatives and things like that. Sophie, what's the feedback been like from the, from the members that you've spoken to so far about uh, membership this year and what they've enjoyed about it? Yeah, so I think like our members seem to th- um, feel that it's a lot more than just you know, the game on the field as such. And they're starting to recognise all the activations that we are doing as well as the member events. As you said, we had our platinum event recently where the boys got to throw around some darts with the members and they really enjoy that extra 
you know, connection to the team. You've got, uh, you've had the membership event up on the Sunshine Coast um, in the pre-season. I think we had over 50 odd members at that, which was awesome. And um, I know I was there and I had a chance to speak to some of our passionate Queensland members and they just loved the fact that they were invited to come along and meet the team. And you're doing something similar in Sydney ahead of the Bulldogs game. So um, it's giving people an opportunity to come and meet the players outside of that 80 minutes on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we have over 50 people that have registered their interest to come before the Bulldogs game next Friday. Um, it should be really good. It's a nice, intimate way to meet their fans. Obviously, we had a big representation of big Queenslanders in the 90s, so we've got a great stronghold of members in, in Queensland and obviously in Sydney. New Zealand's a few Raiders horns there too. You're right, uh, Nick. We've got a, a broad membership base, and it's one of the reasons why we internally always talk about we're not just Canberra's team. We want to be Southern New South Wales team as well. Um, and we want to be um, the team that people still recognise in Southern New uh, Southeastern New um, Queensland. Um, you know, we had some success when Belcher, Meninga, Walters, um, you know, Jackson, Coyne, all of those Queensland legends were playing for us at the back end of the, um, of the 80s. Um, to answer your question probably more succinctly than that, our three biggest catchments would be Canberra, um, Sydney, Sydney is second, and then southeast um, it, Queensland is our third. Um, but when you look at the Riverina on mass as well, you know they'd probably slip in there at third spot. So they're the four biggest biggest catchment zones that we have. I mean, I know um, from just from having chats around the office, there's members in Perth. Um, there's some in New Zealand, as you said. There's some in the UK. Um, a few people that have made the trip over here. A couple of Josh Hodgson's family, no doubt. A couple in America. PNG. It's a very transient community, Canberra. A lot of people come here for work or for study. Like There's quite a high student population. So we, we embrace that as a club and say, you know what, when people come here, we want them to experience the Raiders brand. And then when they go away, you know, we still want them to carry on their joy for the club. Perfect example, and I won't give his name up, but I've, I've only met him recently. Um, he, he came over here for work with his family from Perth um, with his wife, signed up um, for one of our premium membership packages, came along to our Platinum membership event um, had an awesome time um, a couple of times I've spoken to him he said how much he just loves the game day atmosphere introduction of things like the Viking clap um, that stuff that we're doing off the field with dance schools and school bands out in the forecourt and things like that it just adds to that game day experience and um, so if I suppose um, most of your membership uh, and game day activations are centered on providing members experiences as well rather than than just your general fans yeah, definitely. It's very important. We have things like the Autograph Alley. I think it's also great that we get a member to do the coin toss with the two captains before the game, um, find out, you know, the behind the scenes, as well as the uh, Viking horn. We get members to blow that one every time we score a try. Speaking of that, uh, the game day experience, it's fantastic. Pat on the back for the marketing team there. We get people from Sydney talking about how the Raiders are the leaders when it comes to game day experiences in the NRL. Like People just come to be involved with the Viking clap. Like that's just how important is that awful. chase to, to create just more than just a game of footy? It's massively important. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of arguments in this community, in particular, that it's hard for people to go to the game because it's cold or it's wet or it's in the middle of winter or whatever. You know what? Just deal with the circumstances as they arise. Like, actually, let's focus on the positive things we can do, and if there's things that we can make a difference by putting in place, so be it. Let's do it. Um, your point there, Nick, was spot on. There is a lot of clubs that are envious of what we do from a game day experience point of view because 
we are more engaging than a lot of other clubs when people step through the gate and through the turnstile. And, you know, not just the membership and ticketing guys here, but everyone in our commercial team from, you know, Ben in the media side and the digital media promotions we do, even the corporate um, staff that we have here, um, you know, the game day and events personnel and even, you know, the people that are rolling out our retail program, everyone takes it upon themselves that no matter who they rub shoulders with each and every week, they uh, actually are giving them a good experience and making them embrace the, the game day that we're putting on. There's always a good taste, kind of the football. It's you know, always fun. Taste. It's fun when you go to a Raiders game. I know I'm work, we work, but it's still fun. I mean, it's it's a great place to go and spend an, an afternoon or an evening. Take the family if it's an afternoon game. Um, take your mates if it's on a Saturday night. You know, it's it's a good place to go and hang it out. It caters for all shapes and sizes. I think Soph's alluded to a number of initiatives that we do for one-off individuals, but. On mass, we've tried to accommodate our game day fans as well. Um, this year, we've extended the members' lounge onto the eastern side of the ground. It was only on the west west lounge, um, and that's been really well received. And we alter, alternate now the interviews that happen on you know uh, on the ground each and every week. Um, even the implementation, I suppose, of members can show their card and get 10% off food now. Mm. That was something that was instigated by our club with the with the stadium. There's all little things that we would love to every member to sit back and go, wow, there is something that I can get from going to the game of footy. And as uh, Soph alluded to, it's not just about the result on the field. You know, We would love to win every game. We're not going to win every game. But we want them walking away and saying that they've had a pleasurable and enjoyable experience. Gone are the days, I think, of where you go to a Raiders game and you're genuinely concerned that they're going to get pumped on the field as well. I mean, Ricky's brought that mentality in from the team um, that they want to be competitive in every game, uh, and they have been at home this year. Like, yes, we've lost some close games at home, but um, people can go to the game genuinely knowing that their team's going to be in the fight, and I think that's a a real whole-of-club attitude to everything that we do. Um, we, we, like we said, we're, we're not as big as some of the, 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 the Broncos and you know, South Sydney's and things like that in terms of uh, identified fans and things like that. But yeah. what we have to do is identify where we're strong, and that is this whole uh, thing around servicing and, and looking after your fans. The Forever Green event. I went to the... AKA Nick's favourite day on earth. I won't be shy behind that. <laughs> Loved it. Every single player was spoken to post Forever Green. Can't wait for the next year. Pat on the back, mate. It was a great weekend. <laughs> it's, mate, it wasn't my um, invention. It was actually Ricky Stewart's when he got here. It was part of his whole um, assessment of the club and trying to instil a stronger culture and embrace you know the previous uh players and and support staff and everyone that was ever involved you know um actually trying to get them to fall in love with the club again so you know rick tossed that up and we tossed it around the table and came up with the forever green program and you know it's a third year that we've done it and i know you've been involved with each and every year and hopefully it continues to grow from strength to strength um but you're right the old boys you know i, I would as recently as this morning i spoke to two of them because they literally ring up now and want to have a conversation about what we're doing when we travel away or what's going on next year in terms of planning on what we need to do we are better connected um, not only with you know our, our current members and with our fans now but we're you know better connected with our past players as it's well which like is fantastic all, like they're all coming out of the closet now and, and they're, they're going to the away games and you know the likes of Brett Mullins and Brett Hetherington who live in Newcastle they're always traveling around and 
like Big Heathrow, who's going to be on the podcast later on. His son plays for Penrith, but he still bleeds green and he, and he still wants the Raiders to do well, you know? What's your best memory of the club, Jace, from uh, your time in the 90s at Lee's Club to now? Um, my most vivid memory would be the 1994 Grand Final. I was lucky enough to be the bar supervisor that started that afternoon. We won the comp at 5 o'clock at the Queen Man Leagues Club. Yeah. Um, we had to close the downstairs part of the club there. I think it was around 2am. And I remember going upstairs to what was the Raiders nightclub. And all the team came back after they'd flown in and visited um, Mawson and stuff. And it was unbelievable what it did for that town. And I really hope we get success like that again because, you know, they're not kids, but the younger adults that are working here now, um, you know, I would have been, you know, 20 years of age then, and it was like yesterday that I could remember. I think during that time, I know Laurie Daly flicked me his keys just because he knew I used to serve him beer occasionally. He flicked me his keys one day, and he didn't come and get the car keys off me for three weeks because he was travelling around the country on tour, having a beer with every man and their dog that wanted to celebrate his success. And that was just, you know, one of the quirky stories that I remember. It was just it's like yesterday, mate. Yeah, I mean, just hanging out at Mawson Club last week, it just gives it that... You want to get the Canberra public, especially the kids, just to experience that injection of what the Raiders bring and to bring home a trophy again and have that buzz around the town. I just can't awesome. wait for those Speaking kids of that, Nick, that. you're out at the Belconnen Raiders Club this week with the team? Yeah, definitely. So if you're listening and you've got nothing planned, forget about Netflix. Come out to uh, Belconnen, Raiders Belconnen over there at Kipax. We're going to have myself and Chrissy Coleman. We'll preview the game and we're going to call the game too on a local level. So we're going to have... Um, a great bit of fun. We'll do a Vikings the uncensored in there. version of the call. The uncensored version, very green-eyed too, by the way. But we'll try and organise a little uh, Vikings clap. AK okay, we did over there at uh, Mawson. So let's see if we can uh, do one better than the Mawson guys. But yeah, it's great for the passionate. Plenty of green jumpers and plenty of our uh, passionate Raiders people. I think it'll be a great place to go and hang out. Good schnitties too. Absolutely, and it's, it's just great to be a part of a town where we've got multiple Raiders clubs where we can go and feel feel green walking into these places and, and enjoy the food, footy. Let's talk the game up. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, thanks Sophie. for having us. 27, I think, or 26 maybe even members to go. Uh, Actually, 24, Ben. 24. We had a couple sign We've up a while this podcast has been happening. There you Probably go. Up tomorrow morning. Sign up. there. 20,000. Let's get there. So, I think you just need to hit up the uh, new wrist desk that's about to grace us, I'm sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Baby 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 new baby radar. Well, there's 23. Done. Sign her up. Good to hear. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. On the Behind the Limelight podcast, we present Forever Green. We talk to players from the past that wore the lime green jersey with pride, passion and plenty of courage. on the line for the Behind the Limelight podcast is the raging back rower from the 90s, Brett Hetherington. G'day, mate. G'day, Nick. How are you, buddy? 
Mate, I'm great. Did you have a good time at the Forever Green uh, event a few weeks back? Mate, I did, yes. Had a great time, mate. It's always good to catch up with the boys. I much enjoyed. We, uh, we enjoyed it a little bit too much, mate, so I was wanting to <laughs> a couple of days, but very enjoyable, pal. What's it like coming back into, into town down here in Canberra? And you're seen as one of the rock stars of that 93, 94 era. It must be a good feeling. Mate, it was our day times, you know, and... Uh... I don't know, maybe towards the end of the year when it's a bit warmer, a bit like better, but uh, yeah. no, man, it's always, yeah, I don't know, I suppose, when, you know, when we played, it's, I don't know, you sort of got to make your home your fortress, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's good to see the boys stand up and get a win every time we, we get back there, do you know what I mean? Must be good for the for the self-esteem as well, uh, signing some autographs, as, some footy cards and oh, so forth. Mate, I just hang around Mullows and they <laughs> just go to him and I just keep walking, mate, so it doesn't worry me too much. <laughs> oh, I don't know, mate, I've seen you uh, with the texter a few times that night. Mate, uh, speaking of that, you came to the club uh, back in 1992 as a junior. How did that all come about, Hezro? Uh, mate, back then they had the external draft where they could take five country players and I originally sort of, I went and trial for Parramatta and um, I didn't make it and then... Um, Sheensy rang me actually and long story short mate yeah they put me in the external draft and um, I moved in with, with Muller as a uh, I think I'm on a 19 or 20 year old 20 year old I think it was mate yeah it all went from there Pell I suppose yeah. so I was sort of uh, lucky enough to get a chance mate grabbed it with both hands your debut back in 92 can you remember that mate I think I, I played I played reserve grade it was the first game I think I played reserve grade I must have went okay I think and then mate, I was lucky enough to get a, a sort of start off the bench in um in first grade that day, so it was, it was exciting. I remember Brad Fitt was playing on the other side, so he must have been very young, So because um, I was only, as I said, 19 or 20. So, um, yeah, mate, great memory. The funny thing is, mate, they rave on about the, the, the quality of the, the team we had, but, mate, it was the quality of the bloke. You know, they're, they're all champion blokes down there, and they just so happened to be the best place in their positions in, in the world. So I was you know, lucky to be there, mate. You quickly went from reserve grade into the top squad. How was that? Can you remember the first game when you took your first hit up or made your first tackle? Because usually there's an apprehension from a kid coming in a great thing and, wow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive out there with the big boys. What was it like for you coming off the field after your first game? Oh, I just remember it was awesome, you know. Like, mate, I mightn't have been the quickest in the, you know, on the training paddock or the fittest or the strongest in the gym, but on the field it was just like, I don't know, it was you or them, you know. So, yeah. and, you know, I don't know. We just, it was just a winning culture, mate. Oh, lose doesn't fit into my into my sort of vocabulary, you know, I might get, we might have got beat, but you only lose if you made the same mistake week in, week out. Otherwise, it's a lesson, mate. It's all about learning it. You know, I think it's funny, you know, talking about it. I talked about the state of origin side and the thing that, you know, Freddie provided that um, that that Laurie didn't was everyone remembered Freddie. Mm. I think that's the case in Cameron, man. I don't think the half the players realise, you know, like what a, what a tough competitor Ricky was and. You know, win at all costs and that sort of thing. You know what I mean? So it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny when you put it like that, mate. You know, so because I, I, when I played, I was just too scared. Oh, not scared. I was just so excited to be playing, man. Yeah. You know, like just to be playing, regardless of. You look back now and you think how good it was, but at the time, I just it was just an adrenaline thing. You know, I'd love to go there and try and build pokes and have fun and. And, you know, I told my son who's playing footy now, I said, mate, playing footy is the most fun you'll ever have with your clothes on. <laughs> it's awesome. It is. It's awesome. You just go, you know, you get paid to get fit. And, you know, I just don't think players realise how, how good they got it, you know. And, you gain the respect very early, Heather, about this blonde fellow running out in the middle there and the guy with the white torpedoes. And you gain the respect because you, you were, without embarrassing you, mate, you had that toughness about you and you could, you could take the hits and you could go in there and you had that aggressive style where you'd really control and tighten up that ruck. And you're playing with blokes like, Johnny Lomax, Quinton Pongy, of course, Fernsey, Clyde, you know, Paul Osborne, those blokes. But you really came in there and made your own. I used to just get filthy, man. 
you know, like there was a time there when we first got in first grade myself and, and I was in first grade probably seven or eight games before Fernsey, I hope he was and anyway, and, and Chief used to sort of drop one of us each week and in the end, oh, we'd just be filthy if we weren't in the starting thirteen, you know, and um and mate, it was just I don't know what it was, mate. I just enjoyed playing and I don't know, when you're part of a, a good team and a good culture and you can say you've got a good culture and, you know, you can say you've got a good team, but it's just built in and, and it sort of comes with, I don't know, you just know, like when we had that winning winning run in Canberra, I think we won 23 games mm. at home in a row, like it wasn't as worried about losing, it was excited about defending it, you know, and... um and that's what it is, mate. You've got to have excitement about what you do. And yeah, because I tell you, she's uh, she's a lot different when you finish, mate. You don't know what you're going to do with yourself. But that's the old saying: you can't put an old head on your shoulders. And it's yeah. made it rings very true. You know? So yeah. Who was some of the uh, the toughest opponents that you came up against in your career there, Hezro? Oh, mate, it's funny. Well, I might as well say that, mate. The most determined player that I played with, and the thing I where I learned a lesson was I was ninety. Maybe ninety four, ninety five. Whenever the Warriors came in the competition, and um, it was sticky actually, Ricky. Mm. And we were about to kick off, and I remember Ricky saying he was standing next to me, saying, "Mate, whack this bloke with the ball. This bloke's yours, mate." And I was, "Yeah, no worries." And anyway, we kicked off, and long story short, mate, as I was just about to go into the tackle, Ricky just pushed me out of the road and gone in and whacked this bloke, and I sprinted right in front of me and, and whacked him. And he looked at me and said, why didn't you tuck him? I said, you good. You pushed me the road. I abused him. Mm. He said, yeah, and I'm after. <laughs> and I sort of thought, and that's when I realised that, um, I don't know, it was, I don't know if he meant to do it or not. But I was probably, as I said, I was only 22 or something, so it was all about learning, but that just showed me that he, he threw his little 70-80 kilo body on the line to build a 105 kilo bloke on the burst. That was a standard that was set. Well, mate, yeah, it was. I, I, well, whether he meant to do it or not, I just, I just learned a lot from that. You know, like you've got to be the one to want to get there. And- I bring up 1994. What a year that was for the club, also for yourself. Uh, I remember Ray Warren calling uh, the final series uh, for, for the Winfield Cup, obviously really wrapping yourself and, and Dave Wesley come in the rotation and, uh, you know, continue on with the big hits and the intensity and really wear down a forward pack. You know, you Andrew Johns wrote in his book saying, the toughest team he played against was that 94 Raiders team. No one hit as hard as those forwards. Oh, mate, I'll just say, well, when Johnny was down um, or suspended, they put Aussie in, and uh, honestly, like, I just wasn't, I wasn't obese like Aussie, so I couldn't get through the yeah. line and pop those balls, but it was the best 19 minutes he's ever played. And yeah. As much as I hate to wrap him up, he <laughs> pretty much, I blew right up because I obviously wanted to start. And, yeah. Uh, but my, yeah, you can't fault uh, Shanzi's decision and, and Aussie's, uh, Aussie's um, skill level, shall I say, was the best he's ever played in his life for that 90 minutes, mate, and um, deservedly so. So, mate, I was just excited to be part of it. And it's all a blur, I suppose, but, um, mate, you know, great times and few players, you know, can play their whole career and never get a chance to play in a you know, in a grand final. And, mate, I was lucky enough that the camp at the Raiders that we played in the semifinals for, I was there for eight years, so... Mm. Um, First year, I didn't finish because of injury, but for seven years, you played in the finals, mate. So it was, um, that's something I said to my son. You've got to be at a club that's, you know, in growth and, and strong and being successful because once you're not winning, mate, it's infectious, you know, and, uh, mm. and when you are winning, it's infectious too. 
But that day, that 94 grand final day against the Bulldogs, it was one of those days, everything just kind of went perfect. It was the perfect result for a club. It was the perfect way to win. Mate, I think so. I mean, everybody knew. Like, you look at the players, but obviously back then, no, we were just players, you know. You didn't realise how, how good everyone was, you know, in their yeah. respective positions. But I remember, I think, Laurie spoke to us the day before, and then Ricky did, and Mal did, and, and, and Chansey did, and... Mate, all we had to do was our own job. We knew exactly what we had to do, you know, and um, as, as a forward, mate, I just had to close the middle, you know, and, and run hard and get a quick play of the ball and, and do the simple things right, mate, and the rest followed. And uh, as I said, a, a bad mistake for poor old bloody Marty Bell, I suppose, mm. and, and, and great work from Paul Osborne. So it was, um, I don't know, mate, it was just a, it was a mindset, you know, and um, that, you know, everyone says that... Uh, the, the year goes, but semi-finals are different brand of football, and it is. It, it's more exciting as a player. I forward to '97. That was the year of the Super League. Um, you know, the Super League was a weird, yeah. a weird time for the for the sport. But for yourself, you got yourself an Aussie jumper there, playing in the nines at the start of the year. That would have been a great experience for yourself, being a young fella coming from the country, looking up at the sky and playing for Australia tomorrow. Mate, I was pretty lucky to be honest with you. I think that must have been struggling for players, but mate, it was. Oh, mate, give yourself a wrap, mate. You earned your spot there, mate. Yeah, no, it was. It was great to sort of associate blokes like Lazo and and oh, oh, he sort of left camera before I started there, but you know Alan Langer and Kevin Walters and um, Andrew and you know, I think you know Jay Stoke and, and Fernsey were there. Um, you know, from our from our team, so it was just great to sort of see how those blokes. You know, just they're just champion blokes, mate, and and most blokes are that the. They're good at their sport. A really good blokes to go with it, mate. So that's yeah, I enjoyed it as I said, and uh, it was just something I was lucky enough to be a part of. And um, yeah, it was great, no, for sure. Unfortunately, in '99, yeah, you moved on to the Cowboys. What was that like leaving the club? Was it a sad time? Mate, it was. Yeah, it was a sad time. I went to the Cowboys, and and mate, I, I played you know really well there. And, and at the end of the day, mate, players say they don't go for the money. Yeah, that's well, I went up there for the money, to be honest with you, and, and that's brutally honest, I suppose, mate. I, I didn't realise. They, they just had a different culture up there. Don't you know, mate? They were lovely blokes, and but lovely blokes don't win games. And, you know, I know that, you know, sometimes they pull out from the flu and, and different stuff like that. And, and mm. you, know, where, but, but, you know, we'd play with injections in camp to get on the field so we could play. So, as I said, you look at them now, they won a grand final. Paul Green was there when I was there. And, um, mm. He's a smart operator, mate, and like any club, he's got to build, and you've got to build your team around some. And then Matty Scott and, uh, and and JT, you know, the best players in the world in their position, I suppose, and or have been over the years. Playing in a team where it was it was just expected and known that we'd make the semis to a team that, man, we've got to keep going or we're going to get the wooden spoon. And, and I just, it, I was miserable when I was up there because I just hated hated losing, mate, you know, so mm. I'm a bad sport, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that head right because because you get players even that experience success. I had Glenn Lazarus tell me that looking back at it, he kind of regretted leaving Canberra and he went on and won you know, premierships with the Broncos and the Melbourne Storm. Blokes oh, like Boxhead Walters goes, oh, it was the wrong decision. Gary Belcher, you know, a lot of these players that actually left on their own accord thought, wow, well, looking back at it in hindsight, they shouldn't have left. So it's not just, it's people from all the area. There must be something about the Raiders in Canberra. Oh, well, mate, well, you even look at all the players now, mate, that, that, that were under Shanzi that, um, that have coached. You know, yeah. you've got Mal and Lauren with Orange, you know, you know what I mean? You've got... Bellamy. And Fernsey at, um, at, at uh, South now, you know, like, um, and we had uh, Andy McFadden was coaching the Warriors, you've got Toddy Payton, you've got uh, oh, Ricky, obviously, you've, you know, there's um, Craig Bellamy, mm. you know, so there's so many players that Shandy's had an effect on, and then, so, mate, and that's why we were so successful, because of all those players, and 
they can't be too dumb footballs and they're, when they're doing so successful. Michael McGuire is another one. Mm. You know? like, I do remember back when Nicky had his grind problem because I remember Shandy, Shandy wanted to go into watch just to see what he went through. And mate, the needle they reckon they used on him was like a small javelin, you know. And, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, and, and he'd get no, no man's land, you know, in a period of serious race, whatever you call it, um, just to play because obviously he couldn't fix it till the end of the year. And you can either put up with it or, or get it fixed now and miss a year. And mate, I was the same. I had you know two or three shoulder recos while I was there and different things. And you know you'd rip your shoulder apart at the start of the year. But I mean you could strap it up and wear a brace and have it wouldn't pop and get some needles and then you just get um, get it fixed at the end of the year, mate. And that was just normal to be honest with you. I, I, I thought it wasn't. You know, you do anything to play, I suppose. Speaking about the modern day, of course, we mentioned about your son playing there for Penrith Young. Jack, you must be proud to, to watch your son run out in the, on the first grade footy field. Yeah, mate, it is. It's, I am very proud. He's, he's done well, mate. He's, um, he was at Roosters there for a little while. And um, Penrith and uh, Phil Gould and, and Jim James, I think, have, um, you know, taken him in. And, um, <clears throat> and they've signed him. And he, mate, I think he's got another year to go. But um, he's going really well. It's exciting, mate. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's a lot quicker than his dad. And... Um, not as good looking, but I mean, no. <laughs> Does he give you a call and ask for an advice, a tip or two about uh, preparation and whatnot? I think he thinks he knows more than his dad, and he probably bloody <laughs> does, mate. You know, run hard, run hard, mate, because he's, he's quick. Well, obviously, my late Brett Mullins is his uncle, mate, so he's, he's got a bit of pace on his side, Jack, <laughs> and he's, he's, a, he's a big lump of a kid. And, mate, I just said go out and have fun, mate. And, and to do it, to have fun, it's, mate, it includes winning and includes being fit and, you know, making some sacrifices, you know. And Let's do the Raiders Forever Green set of six. First question, mate, uh, what do you do now for work? Uh, I've just run a pub and uh, I've been partners with my brother and Brett Mullins for uh, 16 years. Mm. So, mate, I've, uh, we just sold that last uh, oh, October. Come the back operations, mate. So at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm doing nothing until my back comes good, mate, for the next few months at least anyway. On the mend. Mm, so living life, mate. Hours are great. Pay's not real flash, but uh, it's great. Heather, <laughs> <laughs> favourite memory at the club? Probably, probably yeah, 94, the grand final. You know, on the bus afterwards and, you know, <laughs> just different players standing up and some were leaving the club and yeah it was just just all the boys and the coaching staff on the bus I suppose that that was it for me not so much after the game it was just yeah just uh, keeping it real and funniest memory if you've got a G-rated version for us <laughs> no I don't actually <laughs> fun mate Steve Waddles was always a clown he was always funny and um, mate even our staff our staff used to say uh, Studsy and Darcy and um, Lee Matassa and those blokes, mate, they, they they were hilarious, those blokes. They used to go out and get on the golf floor of the game. And Bobby Griffin, he was the bus driver, the best fighter in the southern distance. You know? So uh, he was a, the staff are pretty good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Favourite teammate and why back then, if you had one or two? Oh, mate, M- Malsey's me, mate. He's, uh, I lived with Malsey when I moved down to Canberra. He, he put, put, put me up and... Um, yeah, so, mate, he's, he's in Newcastle now, mate. We, we still catch up all the time. And, mate, yeah, he just, he's a good fellow, mate, and uh, a lovable bloke and uh, loves a quiet, quiet beer like myself. Mate, they're better blokes than players, and, and that's very that's a massive quality that you're rare to find in a lot of clubs. You mentioned Mullows there. There's a really infectious, transparent bond between the two years. And I remember being a kid back in the day, mate. This was spinning you out. A kid approaching you two together. Back in the 90s, uh, having a burger at the Hyperdome, and you were together then. And uh, to this day, you know, post-career, he's still close. He's still as tight, mate. Uh, good brothership there between you and Mullows. Yeah, it is. It's funny, mate. When, when we were... Uh, I'm not 11 months older than Mullows, but when we were young, we made this Catholic school representative side, and he was in year five. 
And mm. I was in year six, so I mean, I had him for age and that sort of thing. But he made it from year five, and we played centre. And the coach, I was Kenny Rodwell, which is Matty Rodwell's dad. He used to play footy, but anyway, um, yeah, 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 from Newcastle. Said, he said, "Now you, you're inside centre. You run as fast as you can, because you see this bloke here." He said, "He's way faster than you, so don't you worry about that. You just run <laughs> as fast as you can. Then when they come near, you give the ball to him." <laughs> Mullo, Mullo still denies it, but I'm telling you, that's what went down. <laughs> what was he like growing up, like as as juniors, as that kind of raw talent through the schools and, and local footy? There it was blokes like Mullo's. Was he always that kind of standout kind of player? Yeah, he was just a freak, mate. He, he just had natural ability. You can't really put into words how good he was. You know, like yeah, it's definitely a legend. Good old Mullo's. Heathrow, what did it mean for you, mate, to wear the green jumper? It was everything, I suppose. It was, uh, I don't know, it was funny, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when we, we had a um, a role where we won 20, I know, we didn't lose, I don't think, in over a year and a half. It might have been two years, I'm not too sure at home. It was pride. Hezro, what advice would you give to the current day Raiders? Mate, go out and have some fun. <laughs> you know, go and have some fun. And, I don't know, there's a fine line between self-belief and arrogance, isn't there? You know, and... Um, there's one thing thinking you can, you know, but you do the work, you prepare well, you've got the motivation and you've got to have drive behind that, mate. And as I said, my ordinary people are capable of extraordinary things and, and blokes. And you'll see teams this year too, Nick, you know, like they've won, you know, like four or five in a row, then they played out and they, that's just a mental side of it. And every club goes through it. And, and you know, if the coach has got all the players having self-belief and believing in him, Man, any team can win this comp, you know. Like Canberra still has a massive chance, and um, and mate, I hope they go really well, you know. So having self belief, mate, having self confidence, and be aware of what you're doing, mate. You know, so it's all about effort, mate. You need effort, effort, effort. That's it. You're a humble man. You you talk yourself down a little bit, but you were definitely part of the success of that '94 team and the impact off the bench, whether you were starting or off the bench. You were definitely a qualified, valued member of the Canberra Raiders squad. And thanks, mate, for joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast. My pleasure, Nick, mate. Thanks very much. Lovely talking to you, buddy. And I hope the boys go well, mate. Sean, say good out of stick.